RVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It is report day, and we all know how the markets reacted to that information that came out. But we're going to take a different approach to this WASDE report and first look at it from a livestock perspective. I think a lot of folks easily forget the WASDE isn't just about the grains. It's about the livestock as well. So we're going to take a look at those numbers and also look at some concerns out there when it comes to beef and it's moving out of those meat counters. Is it getting too pricey for people to be able to purchase. We're going to talk all about that today with Kyle Bumstead. Kyle is with Allendale Incorporated. And Kyle, let's first talk this WASDE report from a livestock perspective. What were some of your initial reactions when you saw the numbers this morning? Well, Susan, first of all, thanks again for having me. Um, you know, the market kind of traded the numbers here as far as the grain side of things. Uh, everybody's looking for something bearish on the grains, and that's what they got here. Um, I'm leaning to think we're finding some sort of a flush-out bottom here somewhere in these grains here shortly. But on the livestock side of things, there really wasn't much to talk about here. Um, you know, with this report, you know, the algos really picked up any numbers or anything like, anything like that. So, uh, you know... Pretty much status quo right now, but I did see some numbers change out there as far as projections. Now, uh, as far as our fourth quarter uh, production this year versus last year, which last year at this time we were starting to get back to a more um, normal pace for slaughter and things like that. However, our carcass weights were high last year, and they're, they're high again this year. But uh, they actually lowered our production down to about seven million, uh, 700 million pounds this year versus last year at 7.069. So looking at next year, uh, they've dropped some of the numbers here out there in that second and third quarter to 6.82 and 6.67 in the third quarter. So that's going to be a decline year over year as far as beef production. And given what the, the numbers, the cattle and feed numbers that we should be trading at that time, that should fundamentally line up. However, it's all going to be how we get processed, how we get the box beef moved out and things like that, and kind of how we move forward from this point. I would like to see our slaughter numbers tick up a little bit better than they have been, but we've got some cooler cleanouts. We've had some slowdowns, and the macro picture still is in question as far as this beef market goes. Well, I was reading earlier, and they were talking about this feeder cattle market, and obviously we, we saw the pressure within the trade, but really overall volume. Uh, what are your thoughts on these? Are we leaving still some uncertainty on the table as we move into the second half of this week? Yes, I do think there is some uncertainty here. When I look at some of the charts here, the short-term charts, we are getting up into some overbought territory uh, as far as our daily charts. And what I'm still seeing in this feeder cattle complex is what I'm seeing in the live cattle complex where we've got the back end of this market that's leading the charge higher. And in order to get this market figured out, we've got to get this market to lead from the front end versus the back end. So the bear spreads have been working and until those stop and they start bull spreading this market in big fashion, I think we're going to be trading premium out in those discount where it's going to be more for a hedging type operation or for those that protect their risk. If they get short, then they can roll it out. And if they're still going to be holding some production, because right now it says if I've got cattle to go here against October, we'll just roll them out to December because there's $4 and 25 cents you'll pick up on the roll and December live cattle, same thing. Well, we're short at, you know, 129 and a quarter, we'll just roll them back out to February because you're going to pick up $5 out there. So just roll them out, be short from a higher level. And so when we get this market into a spot where we're higher in the front than we are in the deferreds, 
that's when I look for us to really take off and run to the upside. The stagnant that we've seen in this cash, what is it going to take to spur some excitement for it? Well, that's a good question. I wish I had a good answer to give you, <laughs> but we all, well, and, and that's the honest answer I can give you. Right. We, we all know that the Packer margins are lofty, but we're faced with a backup of cattle up here in the north which, and you get down south, there is a possibility that we are cleaning some of those cattle up down there. The packer could easily pay $10 more for cattle, but they could probably get them bought 5 6 $7 less than here, too, because there's just plenty of cattle up here in the north to move yet. So we've got to get some of these cattle cleaned up here in the north. When we start shipping these cattle from the north, going to the south to get processed, that would be a pretty good sign here as far as that goes. And we're, we're, we're moving production from the north to the south to get processed. That would be a pretty decent sign. And, and history tells us when we start moving ownership from the north to the south as far as, you know, moving the fats from the north to the south to get processed, that typically bodes pretty well for the market overall. Are we worried about weights on these cattle as they still sit in the feedlots? A little bit, yes. I talked to a rancher out in uh, Colorado on the Colorado-Wyoming border yesterday, and uh, he was. And we were talking about the status of the cattle industry as a whole. Um, he does retain ownership on his cattle, and uh, he's had some cattle sold for 40-plus days with no delivery date yet. And so those cattle are still at the bunk. They're still eating. That does remain a question is how are we going to get moved through the weight situation, which... We'll get there. It's just going to be how we get the slaughter pace picked up. So the weights, I do look for them to stay elevated a little bit longer than we have seen in years past. And that's still costing him money because they're still sitting at the bunks eating versus hanging. That's right. That, that's right. That's right. The only the only difference, I guess, is corn's gone down so quite substantially since the summer highs. So it's it's you know you're still figuring a dollar ten or so as far as uh, you know cost. But uh, it's it has gotten a little bit cheaper, but it still costs more money and efficiency. Looking at, and I, we may have to head into this into part two, but it's expensive to be going and buying beef right now at the meat counter. Is that going to be detrimental? Or are we going to have to get this turned around? Well, there's that's kind of a that's kind of a two sided question there, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I look at the weekly retail meat sheet, and I always uh, seem to get in discussions with folks either on social media or uh, in public about what it costs to feed a family. And I'm looking at this week's meat sheet uh, that was posted by uh, a well-known news source here that's just an average they call around, and, and uh, they reflect the weekly ads that run from Friday to the following Thursday. Then they release the date on Friday afternoon. It scrolls across Monday morning. But you're looking at uh, bone-in ribeye steaks at 10.09 a pound, boneless ribeye roast at 11.23 a pound, T-bone steaks, 8.71, sirloin steaks, 10.61. Okay, we're going to talk more about that and what it means in feeding a family. You're listening to the Fontenelle. Now, final bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Our Fontenelle Hybrids dealers can't say enough about the Fontenelle performance. Here's Don Blaschko of Blaschko Seeds between Ravana and Gibbon, Nebraska. We've always been happy with Fontenelle products. They've um, stand well, yield well. Since they're locally tested in Nebraska, they match our season and our climate and the soils better than um, other hybrids. For more on proven products in your area, go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label direction. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing that conversation this afternoon with Kyle Bumstead with Allendale. And we left off, you were rattling off some prices of some steaks. And unfortunately, those prices are pretty, they're pretty pricey. So when you're looking at a family of four to five, 
that's expensive to be able to feed them when you want to feed them some good wholesome beef. That's right. It's not cheap. And in fact, we went to a local restaurant the other night and they've raised their prices locally here too. And I was talking to the waitress and, uh, she said, uh, you know, there's some stuff we can't get. I mean, you're talking to, you know, ribeye steak is close to $37. Of course that comes with sides and everything, but still it's just plain expensive to take a family out and feed them. And with an economy here that, uh, is kind of on edge, we're not sure which way it wants to go here going into the end of the year. We've also got some other things coming up here at the end of the year. We've got, uh, you know, Christmas coming up, the holiday season. So I think what we're seeing now as far as uh, the box beef and things like that, I think we're starting to see some restaurants procure for that holiday, uh, you know, rush or push or whatever, what have you. Uh, that way they can make sure they secure the supply as far as the ribeye loins and things like that for the prime ribs and, and steaks and whatnot. So I do think that there is some of that procurement going on, but it is a lot higher prices than we have seen in the past. And, you know, the, the question remains, you know, will people still go out? I, I think people will, will still go out and eat. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, Christmas coming on, holidays. You know, what are we going to put to the, to the back of the line? And they're going to put the high-dollar meats to the back of the line, I think, so they can get Christmas, you know, get Christmas taken care of. Looking at, though, and I mean, we need to kind of explain for our consumers that are listening to this program, and we do have a lot that do, this is no reflection of these prices is on what the guys are receiving there at the bunk when they're loading up them cattle into the pots, what they're receiving does not reflect the price that is happening at the meat counter. That is correct. It is. It's, it's a, it's a totally different market within the cattle complex as a whole. There is so many different markets. You've got the box beef market and it's in and of itself. You've got the live cattle futures, You've got the live cattle cash market, so there's a couple more markets. You've got the feeder cattle cash market. You've got the feeder cattle futures market. Now, the futures and the cash and the live and the feeders are supposed to converge and come together, but so many times throughout the, the life of the contract, we're trading several, we're, we're trading separate markets. I mean, the cash will be stuck here at this 123 to 124 level, and uh, this October, you've seen run up to 125, almost 126, and if we remember in the past, we saw August do that. August made a ramp up there shortly before that contract went off. Uh, we went up towards that 126.7 area in the August contract. And then when it came to expiration, we were back to 118.5, which cash was trading right around 121, 122 at the time. So there's really no good representation of a good cash market. And until we get that figured out, as far as the cash live cattle, that, that's really not much we can put emphasis on on either one, you know, box beef or the, the cash cattle market. There's just a big disconnect there, and it's going to take some time and, and figure out how to fix it. So, Kyle, as you look at the, the pork side of the trade, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. Well, um, we are seeing better exports, better exports than the beef uh, in recent weeks. Now, I know China has been in here, and, and they've had, they've had some big uh, they've had some big buys in the beef side of things. But I want to I want to look at this. We've we've heard through mainstream media, social media, all the media outlets how bad and backed up our ports are out on the west coast and you know in the south and everything after getting through the hurricane and the storms down there getting fixed and rebuilt, getting ports back online. Our dollar has had a substantial rally, and with the price of beef the way it is, I question the amount of exports we're going to have to foreign countries. We've seen those exports really slide off here as far as the beef goes, but the pork side of things, they've picked up a little bit. And uh, China has not been a real big buyer of pork lately, 
But I would like to see Mexico come in here and get a little bit more aggressive on the pork side of things. As we get ready to wrap up here, kind of wonder your thoughts. Let's look at these soybeans quick, Kyle, because they took they took a big drop today mm-hmm. in part because of the WASD report. That's right. They did. Um, and when I look at it, I'm looking at a couple of different things here in the bean market. Basis, national cash basis index has firmed over the last week, week and a half. And the national cash price index has firmed over the last week and a half. So Friday over Friday, I think the national cash price index gained about four and a half cents, which is not bearish. But we've got to look at a couple things here in this grain complex. We're right here in the debt of harvest right now. So you're getting some cash movement from the farmer side of things. I mean, soybeans are an early cash crop. You sell them off the combine. You've got, you know, you've got some cash there to deal with. You know, you've got to pay down some debt and things like that this time of year. So you're seeing some hedge pressure on the beans. Well, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, $17, $18 bean gurus earlier this year are now down in that uh, $10.5 to $11 camp. But looking at it here, when you start to see the cash market firm up, the basis firm up, it tells me that at some point in time, with us being under $12 here, I do think that there's going to be a rally in the soybeans. Now- Good. So what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Kyle? You can call me here at the office at 308-708-7340. Thanks so much. That's Kyle Bumstead joining us today from Allendale. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Ballot. It's been brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check them out at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.